evening. This is Peter Hammond in the studio for From the Frontline. And I have the editor of Devoted Magazine, investigative journalist Geda Potheet with us. She is the author of the landmark book, Analyzing Unethical Journalism, A Journey to the Truth, The Case of Christ's Ubuntu Mission. We're doing some great book launch events around the Cape of Good Hope. But let me start out. Geda, welcome to From the Frontline. Thank you, Dr. What are the principles for ethical journalism? That's a good question. The press code of conduct for South African print and online media, they highlight a few basic principles. And the very first one is that of honesty. To tell the truth and nothing but the truth, not your version of the truth. News reports should be accurate, and one of the things to verify that is to verify the facts and to check your informants. That's the most important. People do not trust the media anymore. Lots of this, lots of anomalies, uh, different accounts of the same event, half-truths, untruths, and even blatant lies that I found in the Kwasi Sabantu story. The third one is uh, transparency. You must be open and honest, provide proof for all the allegations. News reports should be fair. You must tell both sides of the story, not only the one side, and you should leave it to the reader to conclude. Impartial, that's a very important one as well. Um, you should not be biased. Humanity, uh, you have to minimize the hurt, especially to innocent people. Accountability is another very important one. The media should be held responsible for their mistakes and especially for fake news. Independence, that's very important. Um, you, you should not be too close to your informants. So basically, in a nutshell, that is what it's all about. So, surely, taking accountability means that reporters should sign the work with their own name. It shouldn't yes. just be staff reporter or something like that, which always seems to be a bit like, why can't the person identify who wrote this article? Absolutely, there are a few. And another thing, the back always stops with the editor. Yes. Always. That's very important. And the editor choose what to put on and what's on the yeah. front page. And often they choose the picture or headlines that goes with it. And sometimes the headlines are unrelated to the actual to the content. content. That's true. I've been quite shocked to see often the headlines are a total uh, condemnation or it's, it's, some, it's very dogmatic. And meanwhile, the facts and the story don't back up the headline at all. Absolutely. It's got nothing to do with the headline sometimes even. And another thing that I've got to mention is also it should be of interest to the public. That is very important. Relevant. So, yeah. for example, suddenly... Uh, regurgitating some family squabbles is not exactly in interest Absolutely of the public. Absolutely not. Huh? Absolutely not. And smear campaigns. Yes. So, um, so much of what we read in the media seems to be sordid and scandalous, sensational and superficial. So, um, is that really the job of a journalist to be reporting on sordid, scandalous things? What about good news? There's so much evil in the world, but the Bible does say we're sin increased, God's grace increased much more. Surely instead of just reporting on what the devil and his disciples are doing, surely a Christian journalist can also report on what God is accomplishing in spite of evil. I totally agree with you. and uh, That is why I started Devoted a few years back. I got frustrated with the sensationalism in the, in the mainstream media. Uh, uh, you don't get the journalist when you have a good story to tell. So I started with Devoted and I focused mainly on ins inspirational stories. And I found, I went to Kwasi Zabantu in 2020. On my first week, I could identify at least 20 positive stories to tell. 
And that frustrates me that we only hear the, the good news, but it means there's a market for that as well. So the news consumer at the same time, they are also guilty. Because if there's a, a, a market for that, they will continue to tell the, the, the negative stories. I mean, a smut, muckraking yes. kind of journalism. Yes. But surely we should be, as Christians, supporting good, positive, uplifting the good news, not just the bad news. Absolutely. And to, uh, to, to glorify God through his work. And it's all around us. Why should we always focus on the negative? But unfortunately, a new journalist might say, might say but that's what my editor wants. And I'm, I'm told to go and cover this and that. And, and if I give a good story, it might be spiked and end up on a cutting floor and it doesn't get into the press. So what is a journalist to do when he's got editors who are maybe asking for more scandal, more sensational, more superficial junk? And they might not even be accepting the journalist's attempts at bringing in some good news or balance. Well, maybe do what I've done. Uh, start your own magazine and start writing good stories to good news publications. I've done that. I've, uh, I, I not only write for Devoted, I write for Gateway News. There's Good Things Guy. There are a number of good news publications that you can write to. I will not stay with a media house like that because mm. it, 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 it's not only frustrating. I don't think it's the right thing to do. Joy is another magazine that you can write for. So there's always a market and there's always a place where you can share inspiring stories. So have you found there is a market for the good, inspirational, Absolutely. positive reports? Absolutely. And even since since COVID, what, what I've realized, people are fed up with all this fake news and they are tired of all this sensationalism and the negative news. We have so many things to worry about and it's good to read the inspiring, uplifting story for a change. Yes, I mean, 2020, it was millions of people are going to die in South Africa. Hundreds of millions are going to die worldwide. You've got to stay inside, wear your mask, get this vaccination. You're all going to die. It's, the world's true. coming to an end. Yes. I mean, the, the negativity, the fear. Yeah. And they faked pictures, it turned out later, of these people dropping dead on the streets of Wuhan and, and these men in hat suits coming to carry the dead bodies off. And turned out that didn't happen anywhere else in the world. So they probably posed it in Wuhan to panic everyone and to, you've got to hide inside and stay in place and don't go anywhere. We drove around Cape Town. They had these big posters saying, if you're over 55, stay home. And like, goodness me, uh, the people who are making these policies are over 55. Why doesn't Roma pose and exactly, the others in the cabinet? But no, they were making laws for the rest of us. And churches closed, but abortion clinics open. Uh, casinos open, but um, churches and missions had to be closed. That's true. There's something That's radically true. wrong. No, definitely, sir. And I think people, news consumers, are getting tired of that as well. And when I went to Cross in 2020, I've, I've, I always do my research and I do in-depth research. And I couldn't find good stories about Cross Ubuntu. And when you mean, I went, you mean there, on the web? Uh, uh, on the website, yes. Uh, and when I went there, I was amazed about the wonderful work these people do. And why don't you focus on that? Well, you said you had about 20 good stories after being there just a few days. By now, you've probably got a few thousand good stories. Absolutely. I, I, myself, I've written over 150 good stories, which I've shared with different publications. But now, I these would be testimonies of life transforming, yes, yes, like drug addicts yes, set free, yes. criminals now reformed and so on. Not only that. I mean, uh, they have these wonderful agricultural projects, Mzeni Farming. They have world-class uh, export avocados. They have the sweet peppers, all those sort of things. And they use the sales of the produce to apply lift the communities just their, their outreach community I've, I've attended a few I love to go on outreaches and I was amazed by the work these people are doing last year during the KwaZulu Natal flooding 
I mean, they've provided medical care, they've provided uh, food and water, and except for me, nobody else wrote about that. Mm. Yes, and what they've done down in Mokogo and the Tequila Valley, yes. that has gone to an area that was so depressed Yeah, well, where the people said you could grow nothing but thorn bushes. And Uncle Lolo goes down there and he grows everything from pineapples, papayas, uh, dragon fruits, phenomenal amounts of things, and gave them schools, church, jobs, food. The local people said the government gave us lots of promises but never delivered anything. But through Uncle Lolo... We have repaired roads, we have electricity, we have jobs, we have church, we have shop. We have so many things that didn't have before and nobody's starving anymore. Absolutely. And it's just extraordinary that you can see one mission, just one person and his co-workers can make such a lot of difference. In fact, I asked her, well, you were there, when Kenneth Mesher was here, the, the longest standing member of parliament. He's been in parliament since 1994. And I said, do you know of any government department that's done... Um, more for the people of South Africa practically uplifting them than what Erlo Stieg and his co-workers and Quasta Bunsen Mission has done. He said, no, he doesn't know of any government or department that's done as much to help the people on the ground. That's just one mission. That's so true. But when you say anything good about Quasta to the rest of the media, they want to um, silence you. So they, you, they try to get you into silence. And yes. that is such such an unfairness to them. So just... Just an example of, of ethical and unethical journalism, and you've actually done doctoral studies on this. On uh, I, I plan to do my doctoral. Yes. Well, you, you've been so doing the research I started on to, uh, I, I plan to, uh, I, I've decided to do the book first, so the next step oh. would be the doctoral. Right. But well, it's almost there. <laughs> outstanding. So um, you've seen an example of unethical journalism in how News24 took just a few affidavits from a couple of highly suspect people and made a massive amount of stories, but an avalanche of stories on this one uh, incident, but not taken from the thousands of people who've got positive stories about KSP, but taken from six disgruntled individuals. That's I mean, true. What, what did you find investigating the News 24 example of journalism? I'm sure that falls into unethical category. Definitely so. Uh, there are so many examples of it. I will just um, describe a few to you. The first one, they repeated the same story over and over and over again. So the, uh, the strategy here is if you repeat a lie over and over again, people will, will eventually think that is the truth. And sometimes people thought they were hearing dozens of stories, but it was the same story. Ab ab just absolutely. It's the same story. They've, they just frame it differently. So the six affidavits, um, let me first tell you that in November 2020, an independent panel exonerated Kwasisabantu from all the from all the allegations. And there was also another uh, investigative um, newspaper, Noseweek, who also, they, they actually exposed the now unethical... They, now, they're real investigative yes, journalists. They yes, actually they do are. the research. Uh, absolutely. And they have exposed the unethical uh, journalism, and, and, and that caught my interest. So framing, they framed Kwasisabantu from the beginning as a cult. Um, Reverend Erlo Stegen is a cultish leader, and uh, Kwasisabantu is a place where women and children are abused. And the six affidavits that they depended on, uh, four of the affidavits, the independent panel said, you know, we question these affidavits and for obvious reasons, and I describe it uh, quite thoroughly in the book. And another affidavit, uh, there's hardcore evidence that um, that complainant was paid for the affidavit. 
So they actually, News24 had actually nothing to stand on, a few stories, a few uh, fabricated stories. There was the main informant who is now in jail. She uh, admitted in court, uh, and I don't want to go too much in that, that she was uh, offered a million, it's in a book, uh, she was offered a million <clears throat> rand to discredit Kossis Saban to an earliest Basically to lie. Yeah, hmm. basically. So the, the whole News 24 campaign... But she's campaign, retracted it all. She, she retracted this. Another so-called rape, the, um, the, the, the victim, two weeks after the first article in the newspaper, she retracted also her claim. So she News said it didn't actually happen. It didn't happen. She dreamt about it, but she was on serious medication. That's uh, sort of mind-altering medication. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. So to get back to the tactics, emotional language, if you read, uh, you've mentioned the headlines, if you read that, I mean, that tells you it's a serious, serious red flag. Um, yeah. Omitting in, uh, information, this lady that we just spoke about, the one that retracted her um, rape claim, uh, I found that she has reported four different rapes in less than four years. So that tells you something. I, I would that not. almost doesn't sound possible. Exactly, exactly my point. And then um, also omitting um, the word allegations. Uh, News 24 would say Kwasi Debantu is not a cult, uh, is a cult and not allegedly so. So just by omitting the word alleged. Now the, um, or so and so claims or asserts. So Adrian Besson, who is the author of so much and editor of so much of this News 24 campaign against KSB. How many times has he been to KSB? I mean, how much personal research and exposure does he have for the mission? Not a single time. Even the independent panel invited him to participate in their investigation and he rejected the offer. Well, how can you write about a place exactly. you've never visited? Exactly. I will never, I've never in all the years that I wrote stories, I've never ever wrote any article unless I've met uh, with that person. Well, I mean, that seems pretty basic to proper journalism. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I couldn't write on or lecture on Islam if I hadn't been in mosques, read the Quran and debated with Muslim imams. Yeah. I certainly couldn't write about communist countries if I hadn't been to communist countries and read communist books yeah. and ministered in communist camps and debated with them and so on in universities. Uh, how on earth can you understand something that you haven't visited and you've had no exposure to? It's, so it's quite bizarre. It sounds yeah. awfully prejudiced. Yeah. I thought the whole thing of journalism also is we report the facts and you decide. That is but in this case, it seems we decide and we just omitted the facts. Yes, and I tell you what I want you to believe. That is actually what happened. And you have to give both sides of stories. We talk about right of reply. Now, in News 24's case, it was just a tick of a box exercise. Right of reply must be fair as well. You can't um, send, body, uh, send somebody a um, 16-page questionnaire and uh, uh, within a half an hour, for instance, uh, as an example, mm. uh, expect the answer. So uh, that's actually what happened with Kwasi Sabant. It was not oh fair. And even if they replied on some of the inquiries, it was framed in such a way that, uh, you, you know, to, 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 to mm. advance a certain, certain narrative. Now, people talk about trial by media. Now, of course, trial by media is not a recognized legal category uh, because in a court you should be innocent or proven guilty and then you should have the right of defense and uh, facts and to understand what evidence is the other side going to present and basically you're trying to come to the truth. But trial by media means that you can just have guilty by accusation. 
That's true. With, without evidence true. being presented. And eventually, Kosciusabantu in this case was also trialed, uh, trialed by the public because that's the only information that they got. Even the other mainstream media, they just repeated what uh, News 24 uh, reported on. Uh, and even uh, uh, Adrian Basson, they just quoted what he said. Now, this must have been devastating for people living on the mission to suddenly have Absolutely. people hearing things like headlines, Mission of Hate. Mission of fear. I escaped from the mission from hell. And mission of malice and all those sort of things. Uh, which which are catchy mm. headlines, but mm. they're not true. Mm. And those of us who've been there, our children find it a paradise to go to, one of the most wonderful places. I find the closest place to heaven on earth. And here these people talk about mission of fear and mission of hate. Not in our experience. And if that's so, why do half a million people a year visit this mission? Um, More than I, half a million. Uh, uh, I've, I've uh, volunteered at the last youth conference in July. Uh, in June last last month, and um, particularly Sunday there was almost ten thousand people there. But on average, between five and eight thousand young people were there, mm-hmm. being fed three times a day. You can imagine th- th- those numbers of youth. Now, not everybody is happy, of course not. But you have to have balance. There are more good stories than bad stories. So That's a, a bottom according line. According to News Twenty Four's campaign. Quasimant is all about money. So yeah, how much do they yeah. charge people to come to a youth conference or for these meals they serve each day? Zero, zero. They've even been transported. To tell you the truth, I made the patkos for the, the, the drivers of the buses <laughs> and it was over 200 packets that I had to prepare. Can you imagine over 200? They went even as far as Swaziland from KwaZulu-Natal to Pretoria. collecting those trucks and buses. Trucks and buses. And then uh, they also took them back and they accommodated them for for more than seven days. Three meals a day. Last year I also volunteered and I ended up in the hospital because I'm not as strong as they are. How can you possibly be exploiting people if you give it to people free? Exactly. I can't think of a conference anywhere where you get to the conference and the meals are free, the accommodation is free, the transport is free. Yeah. And uh, even often after service, services, they don't collect money after services and they even feed no. the congregation after that. In fact, people are getting counseling there. There's people who come there for drug rehabilitation. Now, I know if you go to a place we've got in the Cape for a detoxing from drugs, It'll cost about 100,000 rand to go through the program. Even These, more. Uh, very yeah. dedicated people to free you from drugs. How much does Kwasamantu charge for people coming to uh, get counselling and be helped to be free from drugs? Absolutely zero. And they even do skills development afterwards. And if possible, they find them a job. Now, of course, all that takes a lot of money and effort. Yes. But the mission's doing it for free. Absolutely. And, and they're funding it by their farm and their Aquila water, water, water which Adrian Basson said, don't buy the water, otherwise you will support a cult. And yet that that is what's sponsoring conferences, camps, community yes. upliftment, feeding the poor. Yes, humanitarian uh, work, yeah, outreaches. Huge amounts. So do you know how many people have come to Kwasabansu and successfully been freed from drugs? Uh, 18,500, and that was the number they gave me more than a month ago. I think currently yes. there are also a group there. But I mean, I don't know the uh, ministry in the world, not even Teen exactly. Center of, of um, David Wilkerson in uh, New York that's managed to successfully bring 18,500 drug addicts off. Yes. Yeah. That's a phenomenal and success for free rate. And the work, and they, they also go to schools. Uh, and they create awareness for, for drug and uh, now, alcohol I've addiction. That, I've heard that they uh, converted drug addicts have gone to over 5,500 schools and stuff, yes. giving their test and proclaiming yeah. the gospel in school yeah. assemblies and so on. 
But that's a phenomenal amount of work. It is. And of course, just thinking of the cost of petrol today and traveling, that's heavy. So a mission that's providing all this from a self-supporting model of a farm, a very well-run farm, and uh, the water bottling factory, to call for the boycott of this, uh, these products would put how many people out of work and communities deprived of their best support? I, I totally agree with you. And they also have the, the Kulok cleanup campaign. They, they go across the country and they work together with local authorities to clean up uh, neglected areas. They've done over 40 so far since they started less than two years ago. Now, these are all edifying and uplifting testimonies. And I've come across all sorts of phenomenal stories over the years at Quasterbans. I'm sure you can give lots too. Yes. Some that just uh, remind me is one farmer, he learned that, uh, you know, take your workers to Quasterbans mission and they will come back better. They'll work harder and they won't steal. And he thought, great idea, he filled his truck, took his workers to Quasterbans to some youth conference and uh, he got converted there. Yeah, there are many of those stories. He came back so and he many. decided, I don't think I should be involved in tobacco farming. And so he, he plowed up and got rid of his tobacco crops and he planted um, uh, other kind of food, vegetables. And he struggled for a few years, but then a, a crop disease hit there and wiped out all the tobacco in the whole area. And his other farmers were ruined and he managed well because he had uh, vegetables instead. And, uh, I mean, that's just one testimony I heard sitting around the table. I didn't hear it from the pulpit. I heard that just because I was talking to the person concerned at a breakfast table. And there's so many there where you wouldn't know unless you met the people personally. And I've heard of people who were witch doctors, who were gangsters, drug addicts, drug pushers, all sorts of people converted, uh, witches, uh, people involved in Satanism. And you hear these testimonies, people who were healed, and but they never have a healing service. And yet people get healed. Yeah. They don't yeah. specifically have these testimonies broadcast from the front. But yeah. if you just walk around Quasimant, you bump into these people and you hear these stories, yeah. lives transformed by the power of the gospel. Yeah. And if News24 had done any investigative journalism, they could have come across these same stories and testimonies firsthand as well, couldn't uh, they? Absolutely. And just visit them. They they can see for themselves. I walked around uh, 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 many people told me that they've read in the newspapers the cult, and I could walk around. I could walk any time out of the gate if I wanted to. Uh, and I spoke with people randomly, randomly. Nobody... Um, they didn't uh, line up a bunch of people to come no, to you. No, they you didn't. You were in a central no, office. No, they didn't. So you were in people's homes and visiting people and getting their stories first Many, hand. many times. Many times. I've spoken with so many people, more than 100. So for past months... And I didn't... Uh, sorry to interrupt. I didn't depend on six affidavits only. I've read many, many more affidavits. So if a person wants to read some of these great, positive, uplifting stories, where can they access them? Well, they can visit my magazine. It's online and it's for free. That's a lovely part of it. www.devoted.co.za And you can also visit and download the magazines on um, uh, Divine Publishers uh, and the Devoted. So Devoted Magazine, I've seen it's also got a link on Quasimansi's homepage. Yes. So if you go to yes. www.ksb.org.za That's on correct. the KSB or Quasimanti Mission website, it's very easy. Just type in KSB, you'll get there pretty quickly. And I've got Devoted Magazine link on the homepage too yeah. with videos and audios. And if you want to do a, a guided tour, they've got a drone guided tour of the mission and the schools and Aquila and yes. a whole lot of other great things. If you want to hear the testimony of Erlo Stegan's ministry and the revival when God came down and his other great things, so... You can get audio videos there that are uplifting and positive. 
as opposed to scandal, muckraking, fake news 24-7, which is pretty shocking. That's true. And there's a special publications, a publication also about his 70 years in ministry. Yes. Outstanding. Yeah. Now, of course, um, that's Alfreda Fleischmann brought out the book Bond Servant of Christ, which is full of the history, starting with the revival in Germany and Louis Harams and sending out the Candace ship, bringing um, not just missionaries, but farmers and carpenters and the whole supporting families to help support the missionaries. And they, they established themselves in KwaZulu and the mission of Kwasimata is a direct descendant of that spiritual work. And many of the descendants of those original settlers and missionaries are involved in this work. So also the work doesn't just go back seven yeah. years. It goes back 150, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. Elfrid has done a wonderful job giving us the, the story and the backstory. Yeah. It and puts all in, into perspective for us. hundreds of yes. color pictures yes. as well. It's yeah. well illustrated. And in fact, I have been visiting Kwasimata regularly since 1987. And I thought I knew a lot about the mission, having been there for weeks and months every year for the last 37 years. But there was a lot I didn't know that I've learned in Alfreda's book and your book, A Journey to the Truth, which is more like a detective novel, unearthing uh, the incredible intrigues and schemes of some malicious people to try and uh, blacken the name of Kwasabantu and uh, to be able to destroy them, which is probably more of a hostile takeover bid. Um, I got it's the exactly impression what it was. that, exactly that this, what it this, was. this was a smear campaign yeah. with some very greedy yeah. people involved with the aim of nothing less than taking control. And that's why they were willing to pay bribes of up to a million or promised Absolutely. bribes they of want, up to a million. They want to take over Kwasisabantu. They in, don't want to put in the work. Mm. They want to take it over. Yes. Well, um, I must say, reading A Journey to the Truth, uh, it was... A page turn, it was very hard to put down. You can't make up scripts like this. I mean, no, a, a fiction novel no, like this can't. would be hard to believe. But Three years of research went into this book. And unfortunately, I had to dig through the dirt first before before I mm. could illustrate the unethical journalism. And that sent you something of an archaeological excavator where you were yes. getting under all the rubble to get to the foundations and yes. find out what actually happened. Where did it start from? And you really start the book off with a powerful piece of evidence where the key person who seems to have been the source for almost all the other accusations, who's now sitting in jail, um, for 12 admitted, um, mm. I lied, I fabricated these, yeah. these are not true. Uh, I did this because I was being bribed yeah. and I was grieving. Yeah. And that kind of destroys the foundation of so much else that News 24, or should I say fake News 24-7, built up on this. And uh, I, I think you... you Prove your case very powerfully. It really is a journey to the truth. But one sure goes and trips over a lot of lies on the way there. That's uh, true. What That's true. a incredible scheme. Th this this was such a malicious campaign. and Well planned, well orchestrated. But when we talk about um, uh, ethical journalism, what can you say about the CRL Commission's report and the news reports on it? Because what I've read from News24 and some of the other fake news afterwards they seem to have misconstrued, if not totally twisted on its head, what CRL Commission actually found after the investigation. Absolutely. And I ended the book with uh, the CRL findings. I was actually there in person and I was surprised by the news reports afterwards. The CRL found Kwasisabantu is not a cult. It was not a surprise to me because there's ample mm. other evidence that supports that. Mm. But the way News24 uh, uh, 
uh, reported on it, it is it is beyond unethical. Well, they I, wanted to I push want, a narrative. I wonder if they went to another meeting because it doesn't seem they're reporting on the actual CRL Commission report. No, I think I've got the CRL Commission report and it doesn't yeah. bear any relation to yeah. what they were saying. And by the way, Adrian Boston was not at the meeting. I was looking out for him so I could put the record straight and he was not there. I was there. And what they reported in the, in the in mainstream media was, ex- was definitely not what the CRL found. So... A journalist is meant to be reporting on the facts and letting people decide for themselves. In this sense, it seems that a lot of our news media is failing to give ethical journalism. Why is this? Is this a problem in their training, in the actual journalists themselves, or is it the editorial policy of the different companies that might be suiting the narrative to suit certain agendas? I think... The agenda thing is definitely very important, but money is is, is, a, is a good driver. Um, there's there's many reasons for that, but uh, if if your editor has a specific agenda to push, then I think that's a big problem. L- like you rightfully said, if you're a journalist and uh, the buck stops with the editor, if that editor has got a specific um, agenda and he's too close to the story, that's another thing. If you're too close to the story and you're too close to the informants, that's a big, big red flag now, for journalism. I saw something that looked a bit strange too. It seems that one of the main accusers of Quasar Bantamission is someone who's got a lot of uh, malice in her. She's got a hatchet in hand. This Erica Bornman, and I know her brother-in-law, her sister, and children, her mother. So... And I know how malicious and unfair her version of events are. But didn't she bring out a book which had a suspiciously similar title to the name of the campaign by uh, Adrian Basson's News 24? And didn't they promote the book? Yes, yes, they promoted that. Adrian Basson even wrote the foreword of the book. So he was so close to this whole project. The name of the book was Exodus, my, no, My Exodus from Quasis Abantu. And the, the name of his media campaign was also Exodus uh, uncovering a cult in KwaZulu-Natal. So there was a lot of similarities between the way the two reported on it. And it, it, to it me, looks like News24 is almost the publisher of this book. Exa- exactly, exactly. I thought so originally, I thought so. But uh, to me, it seemed that wherever um, Erika B- uh, Borman is, um, Basson is not very far behind. That's being far too close to the yeah, story. Yeah, it's far sure. too close to the story. And there's a whole chapter in my book about this. Too close to the source. That's a serious red flag of unethical journalism. So a person who wants to get hold of a journey to the truth, where can they obtain this from? Well, uh, firstly, it's on Amazon and then also uh, in your bookshop. ChristianLibertyBooks.co.today. So in South Africa, ChristianLibertyBooks.co.today, internationally, Amazon.com. A journey to the truth, the case of Kwasabanta Mission. This is an investigation into ethical journalism and expose or sensationalism. You decide. So, Gerda Potkita is the author. A Journey to the Truth is the name of the book. And the other book that we're recommending is Bond Servant of Christ by Elfrida Fleischmann, which is a phenomenal, probably the most comprehensive history of Quasar mission in Erlostegen. And it's so uplifting and edifying to hear what this mission has accomplished, what God has accomplished through very few people and a very dedicated group of co-workers. It's, it's a very uplifting, positive story. And, of course, Devoted Magazine, which people can get through Divine Publishers or uh, Devoted. Both. There's two websites, yes. so they can get both. Are you on, on Facebook webs. as well? I'm on Facebook, also Divine Publishers. Uh, my previous Facebook page was hacked, so I'm, I'm trying to unhack it. But uh, currently it's under Divine Publishers, Devoted. And, of course, get a And my, 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 my own private one as well. So that's G-E-R-D-A-P. 
P-O-T. G-I-E-T-O, Potkita, Gerda Potkita. For those overseas who might struggle with the pronunciation, it's G-R-D-A, P-O-T-G-I-E-T-R, on Facebook as well. And if people want to email you? Yes, they can. Uh, editor at devotedmag.co.za. Editor at devotedmag.co.za. That's yeah. easy to remember. Thank you very much. So, um, Gerda, when you look at the positive, inspiring testmeister reports on and the uplifting and edifying stories in our societies, how can we be more positive and, and so on in our readership and in our reporting? Because all of us are media consumers and producers in extent, especially now with social media. What we post on so- social media, what we share, yes. whether it's Twitter, yes. Instagram, yes. whatever the people do. I tend to be quite busy on Facebook page to share with people. It's a nice platform. But... Um, what do you advise people who are interested in getting involved in journalism or how to be more discerning in what we consume? Well, well, firstly, I've mentioned all the red flags of uh, unethical journalism. Look for those. Uh, the more sensationalized, stay away from that. And when you share stuff, make sure that it is – share information, make sure that it's the truth and nothing but the truth. Verify your facts and uh, – Look for inspirational stories. I think the world needs more inspiration nowadays. Yes, that inspired me to produce books like The Greatest Century of Missions and The Greatest Century of Information. Testimonies of examples of excellence, which from the Mary Slessors and David Livingstons and Robert Moffats and Hudson Taylors, C.T. Studd. When people can see examples of excellence, and I try and put in lots of pictures as well to help people to visualize these great heroes of the faith, it led me to also do books like victorious Christians who changed the world. I think uh, that idea of focusing on the positive has been very edifying for me because in my missionary work, I found myself dealing with so much negative persecution, church reporting on atrocities. And that's soul-destroying to some extent. You can't spend too much time focusing on the negative. We have to also have the positive. And, you know, when you're fighting slavery today, to look at William Wilberforce and how he ended slavery in that time, that sort of uplifts you. It uplifts you and inspires you to to become a better person and to do better. I mean, now when we think of abortion, but then you think of, well, Mary Slessor fighting against uh, the killing of twins and and not appreciating the value of babies and going uh, on and on with the history we've got examples of people who fought all these evils we're facing today, like human trafficking, which, of course, you know, praise God for the Americans who've just brought out, Jim Caviezel will bring out the film on uh, Sound of Freedom, uh, exposing human sex trafficking of children, which is a horrible subject, but I believe it's a very uplifting film in um, based on true stories on how individuals have been rescuing these poor people. And it's so important people know that slavery is continuing today. But we can fight it and we can beat it. Absolutely. And Kwasi Zabanto's got a, a, a program on that as well. And another thing that they can do, Doctor, is to uh, reach out to communi- communities and also to volunteer. It's so uplifting to help somebody else. Uh, and they can volunteer at Kwasi Zabanto. There are many projects that they can volunteer. And, and, Qua- and Kwasi Zabanto Mission has got um, bases in different parts of the country, yes. even in Eastern Transvaal yes. and near Pretoria, yeah. Pelandaba, down near the Cape and near Malmesbury. So, so there Victoria. are different outstations, uh, gold fields near Virginia in um, uh, Orange Free State. So there are some lovely uh, other bases, of course, but of course to get to the heart of the revival that started in 1966 back in KwaZulu, you go to Kwasabanta Mission just off the R74 south of Kranskop in KwaZulu Natal. That's very edifying. You visit their website, learn about things. Their Sunday services are normally live streamed. 
www.ksb.org.za and you can also order through them or through Christian Liberty Books, admin at christianlibertybooks.co.za, Goethe's book, A Journey to the Truth, or Alfredo Fleischmann's book, Bond Servant of Christ. And any other last words you want to give before we close, Goethe? Thank you for the opportunity. I really enjoy it. And I wish people will read more positive stories, inspiring stories. So visit Devoted Mag on the website and across the bunch of sites. Get hold of these books and the words of God comes to us in Philippians 4 verse 8 to 9. Brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. That's the word of God. God will keep him in perfect peace. His mind is steadfast. His mind has stayed on the Lord. Let's keep focused on the good news of what God is doing in the world and not be too distracted and discouraged by what the devil and his people are doing because our Lord is a conqueror. Greater is he who is in us than him is in the world. Jesus Christ is more than a conqueror and he is coming again, King of kings and Lord of lords and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of lords, King of kings. Every knee will bow before him, every tongue will confess. Let's keep our eye on the victory and on the victor. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. Thank you for joining us on From the Frontline. May God bless you. Good night and God bless.